Yep. Ooh, nice upholstery. Oh, 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 hold it a minute. I'll, I'll get back to you. Uh, 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 Mr. Price, I'm Kermit, and these are my friends, and we've got a show called Manhattan Melodies that we think you're going to want to produce on Broadway. Yeah. It's all about a couple of kids that come to New York City to get married, and it opens with a great number. It goes like this. Just give me the general idea. Well, it's all about life in the big city. Yeah. Big city, huh? But cops... Shootings, car chases, that kind of thing? Well, no, no, no shooting stuff. It's more like songs and dances. Songs and dances? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It might be interesting. Nobody cares about shootings anyway. What are you thinking about, big-name stars? Well, well, actually, we're going to be the stars. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. Huh? You be the stars. Mm -hmm. Unknowns. Mm -hmm. Songs. Dances, shootings. No, no shootings. You know what? Huh? I smell something. Why does everyone always blame dogs? What, what, no clap? Do I? Oh. Yeah! <laughs> There you go. <laughs> we haven't been gone that long. Uh, you know, it's uh, a lot has happened uh, in the past. I mean, I got very sick, and then everyone got sick, and then there was the holidays, and I was still sick. And all right, spare us your life story. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody, and welcome back once again to Podcast Part 3, the Part 3 Podcast, your intermittent and unreliable source for all things about movies that came after two other movies. I am Sam. And I am Will. And we're back. Happy New Year. Uh, took a little holiday break. I would say it was for rest and relaxation, but I feel neither. And uh, I think that's just par for the course when you have a one-year-old. Or a four-year-old, for that matter. Oh, yeah. Actually, maybe even more so. Because <laughs> I, I saw him bury that uh, woman at your party in pillows, and he didn't even break a sweat. Uh, but we are, speaking of things that are manic and absurd, uh, this is Will's pick from uh, last time. It's Muppets Take Manhattan, the third feature film starring Jim Henson's beloved Muppets. And I guess I, I want to start here with Will, like, what are the Muppets to you? And I don't mean this snarky, I'm genuinely no, curious. No, so... Because um... some people love the Muppets. So so I love the Muppets, but I wouldn't say I love the Muppets. And I think I, I um, when I was a kid, I'd watch Sesame Street religiously, um, but I never really got into the Muppets when I was really young. I think they were a little too, like, frantic and strange for me. Um, I remember seeing the Muppet movie when I was younger because I remember the Rainbow Connection being everywhere. Um, and I know I saw all the, the original Muppet movies at some point or another, but uh, they all blended together in my memory. Um, and then when Nickelodeon started showing reruns of the Muppet show early in the morning, I want to say in like 94 or 95, something like that. And I was home from school, you know, a summer break and I would wake up early in the morning. I'd watch the Muppet show and I just thought it was the funniest thing I'd seen. So I had like, that was sort of really when I like got the Muppets when I was like 10 or 11. Um, and then uh, I didn't, and then I rewatched the Muppet movie in college, like the first, my first year at college. And then I was like, I'm, I'm into the Muppets. I like the Muppets, but it never was like part of my identity. I was never like really 
passionate about them, I guess, if that makes sense. How about you? Probably a similar track. I definitely, I mean, obviously I watched Sesame Street, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and I definitely saw the Muppets movies that were in theaters in the 90s. Like, right, I've seen, I, too, Mupp- yeah. I love Muppet Christmas Carol. I've seen that a billion times and Muppet Treasure Island. And then there was a period where the Muppets kind of, sputtered out like they had their 90s show yeah and, which was not and very they've good. never and they've never made peace with the fact that pepe the prawn will never be a thing <laughs> uh and, and um muppets from space and uh the muppet wizard of oz and the, the sort of it's become a fran it became a franchise that disney clearly isn't a hundred percent sure what to do with since they took it over yeah i get yeah like you i was like I never watched, I didn't watch the Muppet show or most of the original movies until way later. And they do kind of blend together, but like, uh, I definitely feel like when people are remembering the slurry of Muppet movies in their head, none of the highlights are from this one. No, no. Actually, the only highlight that is from this one, I I should have mentioned this because I watched Muppet Babies on TV. Um, all the time. And the yeah. thing that actually did stick in my memory from this movie is the Muppet Babies segment or, you know, mo- you, uh, sequence. In, you in can this. tell that has like a different energy than the rest of the yeah. movie. That's the other thing. I watched all the sort of Muppets adjacent content. So you had Sesame Street. You had both the live action and the animated Fraggle Rock. You had... Right. Uh, Secret Life of Toys, I think it was called, which was based off of an like a, the uh, an eighties Jim Henson special, and that was Muppets. Oh. And then you had all the other Jim Henson stuff that was kicking around, well, like, you like, had like Farscape, like, and you had Dark Crystal, you had Labyrinth, like it Labyrinth, was all yeah all ties together. It all falls under this umbrella of like crazy puppets, and <laughs> you know, obviously, you can debate which ones are Muppets and which ones are not. There are many Muppets and lots of subspecies of Muppets. Uh, <laughs> and since we've started revisiting Sesame Street with our daughter, uh, my wife and I have discussed uh, what's a Muppet and which ones are monsters and which ones are grouches and what's what <laughs> many times over. Uh, but uh, it, this is the third movie. Um, it's early mid eighties and I, yeah, I gotta, I gotta say, it really did not hold my attention. It's like one of the weird. It's like if you're, if you just, if your ideal Muppet movie involves Muppet, several Muppets repeatedly trying to get a job at a diner, <laughs> like for ninety minutes. This, this is this, the movie. Not for Not even you. ninety. I don't even think this cracks ninety. I think it's like it's, eighty-five or something. It's like ninety-four that. with credits. Yeah. <laughs> Muppet um, Christmas yeah, it, Carol is 85 minutes long, and it and it feels like a much richer movie. Well, and, you know, the, the, the thing about it is I think this movie has a really strong maybe opening 20 minutes. Like, the, the, um, the stuff when they're, when they're going to the talent agent, or they're going to the producer who's, like, a, a con artist, and he's yeah, and Dabney throwing Coleman, yeah. Dabney Coleman stuff. That, that, like, that plays. You, like, we were watching You know, watching the stuff in with, the movie with the Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> And then and then all the Muppets leave the movie and it's just Kermit hanging out with these really boring human characters right. that aren't played by anyone you know and you don't care. Right, and being being tailed by Miss Piggy the whole movie. Miss Pig you know, Miss Piggy 
I, the whole movie, I was thinking, she's really low-key in this. Like, this isn't the... Like, Miss Piggy, the Miss Piggy I know would never slum it and live in a locker. But then I realized, this is like psychopath Miss Piggy, who's just <laughs> lying in wait until she can trap Kermit into marrying her in the final <laughs> moments of the movie, which are... It's like, that's... that's that is cold, Miss Piggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it, it's uh, the Dabney Coleman stuff. Like, we were watching this with uh, with my son, and he was like... Uh, like laughing so hard with the chickens like stuck to Dabney Coleman running around and he was like this it was like almost this close to being like this is the greatest movie ever and then the movie kept going and we had to stop it for you know for dinner or something and he never wanted to watch it again It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it, like, the first 20 minutes have that absurdist energy of the first two movies, like the Muppet movie and Great Muppet Caper, and then, yeah, like, they get to New York and can't get a, and, like, yeah, after the con artist produced it, because that scene's amazing, because Dabney <laughs> Coleman's, like, I love his songs and dances. <laughs> <laughs> He's, <laughs> it's just... <laughs> oh my god yeah it's it, the, the, there is also this is a movie where you can tell some of the cameo actors get it and some, some don't really don't yeah. like dabney coleman gets it gregory hines definitely gets it oh yeah because oh, yeah. just his one scene with kermit and miss piggy is so good <laughs> but it is like the, the the main actors are just not recognizable people and they're not interesting and it's coming off of if you were to watch just it's coming off of like the Muppet show where you have famous, a famous human guest and nine times out of 10, they just worked with the Muppets. Like right. the Muppets were really good at finding people that like, okay, I get it. Steve <laughs> Martin gets it. Gets it Mark yeah. Hamill gets it. Jim neighbors gets it. <laughs> um, and then in the first movie, the first movie has just like the most stacked cameo list you've ever seen. And right. in the second movie you have Charles Grodin, who right. gives, like, I would say the second best uh, mu- human performance in a Muppet movie after Michael Caine. Yes. Because there's never a moment where you don't doubt he wants Miss Piggy so bad. <laughs> He's so into her. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, the, the great thing about the first two movies is that they get the the people, like you say, who, like, understand how to act with the, with the Muppets and, like, don't treat it like they're acting against puppets they treat them like they're acting against other actors or other characters and it's and it's gold it's like comedy gold for those those first two movies and here it's just because the story is so boring and the tone is so earnest yeah and like sad for so much of it like it's really like kermit is just so sad for most of it because it's like all about all his friends go away and he like threw away his life to pursue his dream (laughs) yeah it actually like has a little bit of the dna of the um of the of the um the disney one the 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 disney one one, the the jason siegel the the reboot that yeah the jason siegel one because that has a lot of the sort of like oh we're all sort of sad and and disparate disparate places they gotta go to find all the muppets at their new weird jobs and that movie this movie does that as well yeah and it's then there's weird. sort of like it's like there's no arc. Like at the end, they realize this is what the 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 show needed: more bears and Swedish Chef needs to well, be in it. And well, it's it's one of these things where it's like a, a Mickey Rooney. It's like we got to put on the show to save the the town or whatever. And then like you get to the point where they're gonna put on the show, and it 
turns into, oh, no, it's actually uh, Kermit get marrying Miss Piggy, and the movie's over. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a, it's like a Broadway melody. It kind of, uh, it, it breaks through the fourth wall and becomes something beyond just a stage play. <laughs> I mean, what was the play to begin with? Because those college kids fucking loved it. Like, they were like, they, they were crazy. reacting to it like it was Hamilton. Yeah. I don't know. And it's it's just it's one of those things where it it honestly feels sort of like a lot of the part threes we've seen where it's like everyone's just kind of tired, kind of want to be doing other things. Well, this was I mean, it's interesting because, yeah, this literally was came out the same year Muppet Baby started. Right. And there isn't really like. Like, I guess I'm not like what the timeline is of the Muppets projects. (laughs) <laughs> like who is you know wh- where do they go uh, like after this because there's not another like Muppet TV show that isn't you know Fraggle Rock or something like that until Muppets Tonight in the nineties. Yeah, I mean, I guess the last, or I mean, is it is it? There's is lots it... of TV specials. The eighties was like the Muppet TV special. You have like Muppet Family Christmas is in there. Yeah, it must and be the Muppet Christmas, Christmas toy. Ca- Muppet Christmas Carol is sort of the next thing, next theatrical thing they do. Yeah, and so, that was and that was like Jim Henson's passion project for years. Right, right. and like the 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 TLC that went into Muppet Christmas Carol, you just don't see in this one, like. Right, yeah, it just, it seems like all the stuff that they were, like, really excited about on a technical level, like, oh, here's, here are the Muppets riding bikes, and here's, like, all this, like, the, the, the first two movies did. This movie doesn't have, either maybe they didn't have the budget, I, I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't know. do not care for human stunt double Miss Piggy on roller skates. No. no. No, I do not. No, no, I do no, not like no. it. I don't approve of it. I don't believe it's in the spirit of the Muppets, and it could not more clearly be a man built like a linebacker, <laughs> suddenly on rollerblades with a Miss Piggy mask on. Yeah, and I, I just miss sort of like the anarchic, like, like what I love about the first Muppet movie is, like, there's my favorite moment in that movie is when they meet. Dr. Teeth in the Electric Mayhem, and they start explaining, like, where they, like, how they got there, and then they turn to the camera and go, this is gonna bore the audience, we can't explain this, so they hand Dr. Teeth the script, and then they read it, and, like, that's, like, one of my favorite moments in that movie, and none of that kind of stuff, which is all over the Muppets, like, the Muppet Show, and the Great Muppet, the, the Great Muppet Caper, like, none of that is here, you know? Like, like Great Muppet Caper has just that scene where Kermit's at a low point. He goes to the park and Peter Falk is there. Right. And he's like, let me guess. I think I know your problem. And he just goes on a monologue that is so wildly not what's going on in the movie. And Kermit's like, that's not, you didn't get a single thing right. That's not what's going on with me at all, sir. Exactly. It's like, it's that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, or it's like, I, I'm feeling lost. Well, have you thought about Hare Krishna? And it just, oh, and it great. It's a, a running gag. <laughs> And there's no real villain in this. Like, there's no, no Charles Durning. Uh, yeah. Like, who's also... Charles Durning also, like, given it his all in that first movie. Yeah, it lacks that. It lacks that singular human performance, human actor that, like, is keeping up with the energy of the Muppets. And so, Because every other movie now that I'm thinking about has that. You have Charles Durning. You have Charles Grodin, you have Michael Keane, and you have Tim Curry in Muppet Treasure Island, and he yes. fucking gets but Tim Curry gets it, like, you know. Yeah, exactly, it, and it, it's, yeah, it just lacks that, and and I think when you get to Muppets from Space, like, that movie is just, like, there's too much story, so it's, like, there's, like, 
it doesn't. Yeah, they kind of need a they need a framework like they need a, a something that's a little bit on rails that can allow them to have these big absurd this big absurd sense of humor humor and meta commentary. That's why the ones that are based on books work really well. Right. That's why Muppet Caper works really well because it's a, like kind of a genre satire. Exactly, and and the Muppet movie is a road movie. Like, but this one, yeah. just, it it feels like you could do that sort of like let's put on a show and like kind of energy, but they they kind of half-ass it, in a way. They don't commit to it. And that's kind of what the first one is anyway. Like, the first one right. is that anyway. Right. It's like, we're so, going to Hollywood to become rich and famous, and that's, yeah. you know, but... Miss Tracy, bring me the standard rich and famous contract <laughs> for Kermit the Frog right. and Company. <laughs> the, also, the, 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 the first one has that 70s celebrity energy where right. some yeah. people are d- being really funny, and others, you're like, does Richard Pryor have any idea where he is right now? <laughs> like, does, does Orson Welles know what's going on? Know what he's doing? Yeah. You, you, like, that's that's the thing, is you have, you have to, like, kind of take a swing with your cameos, too. Like, you know who should be in a Muppet movie is, like, Werner Herzog. Yes, yes. Like, like he was on The Mandalorian. That's who I want to see in a Muppet, a Muppet special or a Muppet movie, just because he would... He only knows how to play things genuine, so he would treat it respectfully, which is to say, absurdly funny. Right, yeah, and, it would be, and he can do that sort of deadpan humor that I think works against sort of like how bananas the, the, the Muppets can get. Yeah, um, like that's the, the and, best episodes of The Muppet Show are the guest star is just right. really matches the energy of the Muppets and allows them to be the most Muppets they can be. Like, um, I always, I feel like I've seen this one a bunch of times, the Vincent Price episode. Yes. Cause yes, Vincent yes, Price yes. just hams it up and he gets, he, he knows he like, he totally matches the energy of it. This, it is a very specific sense of humor that when you get too earnest, it doesn't work. And when you get to blue, like to adult, it really doesn't work because we all know what happened with the Happy Time murders. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, oh, boy, have you seen the Happy Time murders, Sam? Did you see I, it? Will, you know my, you know how I feel about bad comedies. One, if I see them, I don't <laughs> usually like to talk about them afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that one was, uh, well, but it's also, that was coming to sort of the table too late. It was like... You know, you have like Meet the Feebles and uh, and Greg the Bunny and things that yeah. had already done done that joke pretty w- well, which only is maybe like a fifteen minute joke at best. You know. Yes. Notice Meet of... the Feebles and Greg the Bunny were not massive successes in their time, right. though <laughs> good though they may be. <laughs> That's the thing. I think people just want it. You know what it is? It's kind of like the Looney Tunes. Like, yeah, yeah. no one seems to know what the hell to do with the Looney Tunes. Just let them be the Looney Tunes. And maybe that sense of humor doesn't work in this day and age. But it is also both of those are things that I think work best in small doses. Like the Muppets, when they're doing when like they did during the pandemic, they had their Disney Plus series where it was all clearly like it was like all on the screen. And I think that worked really well. It's it's. It's it's a, a hard nut to crack, and this movie is just like it's a little too sweet and a little too bland, and yes, it, it's, it's so reliant on Kermit, and Kermit alone doesn't, doesn't really work. 
because he's the straight man. And Rizzo the rat, who they were clearly like trying to well, make. They like, they thought Rizzo they, was. They thought like, he was going to be the next big thing. Ev- into every generation, there is some new Muppet they try to force on us. <laughs> it is Rizzo. It's Pepe the Prawn. It's fucking Walter from the new one. <laughs> <laughs> You you guys have a stacked lineup of Muppets. You're fine. Use those guys. Why do we need these new people? I don't understand. Yeah. Although Rizzo has like Rizzo Rizzo he earned his he earned his place with Christmas Carol. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. once they paired once they paired him up with Gonzo, so it wasn't just Gonzo going around talking about how hot this chicken is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like did Jim Henson see pink flamingos and the chicken fucking scene and was just like that i want that on my puppet show (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like that but for kids it's like kind of where he he went with that this guy Um, whose nose is a blue penis and he may be from space and he's a chicken fucker (laughs) (laughs) and we'll have brooke shields there and she's possibly into rats yeah that was it was that was it was a be- one of the better cameos in it. I don't know. I think I'm less, and it's like I'm not really into the, like the really chaotic Muppet shenanigans. Uh, like I need like I need a runner of humor in there. I don't yeah. just need like I just watching the rat Muppets do stuff in the kitchen isn't enough for me. No, they really, yeah, you're right. They really leaned on the rats and restaurants humor. Yeah, that's like it, the payoff well, to like, like five scenes in the movie. Well, and then and sideline everybody else, and it's sort of like, and none of them are doing anything terribly interesting outside of the movie, no. right? And so it's kind of like, well, what are we doing here? Why, why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah, it's like they don't do anything with Fozzie. They don't do anything with gonzo really it's yeah it feels a lot like those later marx brothers movies where they have to have a lot of normal characters around to make it more accessible to audiences right and it and it's like this this drama about the the show and the diner just kind of never coalesces and it feels like it's from a different movie like it just doesn't feel i don't know it's and it feels like kind of bereft of cameos like you think every time we go see like someone at their new job like at the german dance hall or right. the stunt show there'd be a cameo there's 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 where you put you slot dom deloise in there you slot right. cloris <laughs> leachman in there you know it's like and it's missing all of that so it feels like a really it just feels so empty compared to everything the two movies that came before it and christmas carol because right. christmas carol is like in in my opinion kind of the pinnacle of what they can do like on a technical level with the muppets right. where they're relying like it's and it's also like led by an actor who plays it completely straight. Like he, yeah. he just nails that performance in there. You know, you you brought up airplane um, as well, but I, I think that kind of style of humor also works when there are very strict sort of guardrails to the story. When it's mm-hmm. like we're doing Airport seventy seven, and then you can throw in any any little old jokes you want. And yeah, we're, totally. you know, or we're doing um, Top Gun, and then you can throw in yeah. any old jokes you want. You can do, and we're doing a Rambo movie, and then, but it's like when they try, when it's like the scary movie started coming out, and it was like, well, we're gonna do five different stories in one, and it's like these these parodies only work if you stick to the same 
the same guardrails. You know? I think I think you you've you've kind of nailed it. Is they need a strong story because if you took the Muppets out of Muppets Take Manhattan, the story structure is a mess. It's just right. a really shambling, awkward story that's not very interesting. But if you were doing like yeah, like. What? I want the Muppets. The Muppets go to war. Like, where's that? Where's like Apocalypse Now with Muppets? You know, there were, like, well, you need... the, one of the the some YouTuber. Um, I think it was Captain Midnight. I think is is his handle suggested actually what um, Disney should do with the Muppets is do a Marvel an MCU movie but with the Muppets or like Dr. Strange gets sucked into a multiverse into another universe and it's the Avengers, but they're Muppets, you know, um, and like, um, a Muppets dirty dozen. Yeah. Would work really well. Yeah, right. I think that would be, no, I think that's a great idea. Or like a Muppets Western, you know, yeah. just like you got to pick like a classic genre and, and Muppify it. Yeah. So no, I think, I don't I know. know. I mean, I, smarter people than me have tried and are I trying, the, I guess, or yeah, well, really, it's like the I new, the new movies, like the, that, the Muppets movie with Jason Siegel, like it's not bad, but it is like this, it's, it's the old getting the band back together thing. Right. It's very, it's, it's, it treats the Muppets the way Ghostbusters afterlife treats the Ghostbusters, which is <laughs> like with way too much reverence and it's, right. it's gotta be absurd. Like the Muppets are the one classic IP where I'm okay with them being like miserable loser burnouts uh, when you see them because it's okay to take the piss out of the Muppets a little right. bit. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I liked that that Jason Siegel movie, but it was, uh, again, like you said, it just kind of felt like everything was kind of watered down. It didn't, it, I don't know. I mean, part of it is like the original Muppet performers weren't involved and that kind of, you know, kind of puts a bad taste in, in your mouth a little bit i guess but yeah i don't know there's not a ton to say about it it's 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 just like once again like child's play 3 we kind of just caught the low the lull and i think maybe this movie like was well received i think it did okay in theaters but it clearly them they like sort of took a step back and maybe like refocused the the themselves on the you know jim henson and company they did like a lot of specials. They did they you know j- they branched out into doing like animated shows and things like that. And yeah, I mean, it just seems like sort of the maybe I, I, you know I don't know, but maybe the the Muppets just were not sort of H- Henson's focus at this point. Maybe he was like, I, you know, I don't want to keep doing Muppet movies. I want to kind of branch out. I want to do you know these other projects. I want to to take puppeteering in a different level. I want to do. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't know. I don't really know. Uh, uh, Labyrinth was after this, too. So, you know, I oh, think he, what, yeah. he wanted to, like, really push what he could do with just Jim Henson, like the Jim Henson Creature Shop and those yeah. creations and not lean entirely on the Muppets. I'm, right. you know, I don't know the history of the uh, of Jim Henson Studios that well, no, but I, uh, I think it was really like, let's let's focus on other things and then come back around to this. And, yeah. like, Kermit sort of, st- you know, they stayed in the zeitgeist. Kermit was always around. You know, he was always there for a late-breaking newsflash. Right, yeah. I mean, at the time, Kermit was always on Sesame Street, so... Yeah. yeah. And he's yeah. not anymore. No, because uh, Sesame Street's not associated with Henson anymore, my understanding. No, Sesame Street characters are owned by Sesame Workshop, which is owned by HBO. Right. And uh, the Muppets are owned by Disney. Right. And Sesame Street's its own thing anyway, like... Yeah, you know. They'll sh- they'll show up in this movie, but you just you also know it's of a of a certain era because Elmo's not there, right? Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, Bur- uh, Big Bird has another one of my favorite cameos in the Muppet movie. When oh yes, <laughs> when he, they're they're going along, they stop or Fozzie and Kermit stop to to pick him up, and they say we're going to Hollywood to become rich and famous. And Big Bird says I'm going to New York to start my <laughs> career in public television. <laughs> and Fozzie just goes, "Good luck." <laughs> I love the Muppets. I want, I, I'm always rooting for the Muppets, but I don't know. There's, there's with the exception of maybe the first one in Christmas Carol, I don't come back to the Muppets very often. Yeah. That's sort of the same. I mean, I think, yeah, it's uh, the Muppet movie and Superman. The movie have the same, like sort of occupy the same level in my mind. I don't know why. I mean, I know they're like, they came out right around the same time, but they sort of feel very similar to me. I don't know. I, I, I uh, don't know why. I don't even think they have an actor overlap. No, I don't think no. so. It's just, it, they just feel of a piece, like, I don't know, there's like a... Ned, Ned, Ned Beatty would work in a Muppet movie. I, I'm I, surprised, I he didn't, uh, surprised he, he was, didn't show He was up. doing maybe. Superman. He, you know, <laughs> well, the plum was, roll of Otis. He maybe he showed up on the Muppet show, I don't know. There's your movie, Network with the Muppets. Yes, yes. And it's everyone is a Muppet except uh, Peter Finch. <laughs> Let's see. Ned Beatty uh, played. Oh, he he was in um, the Creature Shop production of Gulliver's Travels. Okay. Well, so you know he did something for for Henson, but yeah. I'm sure it wasn't as showy a part as Deliverance. Or, uh, <laughs> you know. Who would you who would you cast in the Ned Beatty part of the Muppet the Network Muppets? I think I think if you want to have human cameos, that's one that can stay. Okay. As well as uh, the leader, like you cast someone funny as the leader of the um, like Patty Hearst group right, right, that right, they're right, trying right. to do the show with, um, <laughs> and you know characters around the like. Um, Beatrice Strait, who won, like, the Oscar for, like, her five-minute scene as William Holden's wife, she stays. <laughs> William Holden is Kermit. <laughs> and Miss Piggy in the Faye Dunaway role. Right, right, of course, of course. <laughs> Sam what? the Eagle in the um, uh, Robert Duvall part. Yeah. You know, and it goes on and on. It's I think, is, I think is, it would... It... <laughs> yeah, I think that would work. I, I, yeah. I, I think... I think they really should just muppify any old movie they fucking feel like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> but it's got to be a movie that's that it's you want to muppify a good movie. Well, right. It's not yeah, like, yeah. It's not like remakes where I think it's take an okay movie and try to make it better. No, you have to take a classic. Casablanca gets muppified. Yes. Seven Samurai gets muppified. Oh not, yeah. You know, you, you it's like the the the, the cream of the crop. Like, <laughs> yes. No, I I am I'm, I'm totally with you. I think that's a. I think that is that's what Disney should be doing with the property. I think um, if they've got it and they they want to milk it in some way, I think they have to do something like that. Like just roll the dice on one of the hundred, you know, the AFI list and and throw a dart and see what happens. Yeah, just I mean, <laughs> or take another classic story like yeah. you know, Muppet Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Right. Or um, Muppet Three Musketeers. That'd be fun. Yeah, that would work. Muppet Three Musketeers. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's like it's a pretty. There's a lot you can do with the characters, and I think 
it's it's fitting those characters into new situations as opposed to just kind of putting them in a room and letting them like bop around. You have to give them you have to give them some structure and Muppets Take Manhattan lacks that structure. Yeah. Yep. They don't do enough taking of Manhattan. It's the same problem with Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just kind of like hang out in the diner. Well, it's really just Kermit hanging out in the diner cuz the the other Muppets kind of fuck off and for a while miss piggy hangs out with joan rivers for a second hot second and uh you know yeah pete's gonna go bankrupt hiring all that extra help he <laughs> hires like eight people to work in his kitchen <laughs> it's funny you should mention superman oh because i'm thinking next uh you will believe richard Pryor can not fly <laughs> Oh, no! Oh, we're doing, no! <laughs> we're doing Superman 3, one of the top four Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Ah! Oh, it's, well, you'll be fine. It's fine. No, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I've never, I, um, actually, I've, ne- I've never seen it, so I, I can't oh, really? say for sure. I know Two, I've and- seen Superman 4, so my bar is very low. <laughs> I, honestly, I don't think I've seen Superman 3 since I was at least six or seven <laughs> it's been a while well i mean it's uh, superman talk about a, a character whose cinematic history is fraught at this point like <laughs> the most iconic superhero of all time and they just can't seem to quite crack him and they're trying again it's it's james gunn's turn james gunn's term at bat turn at bat uh yeah, yeah uh yeah well i think it's worth talking about a lot of uh Superman's uh, role in in movies and uh, the Superman franchise. Because we're probably never going to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League, which I think is the only... Oh, no, I guess we could talk about Superman Returns, which is technically a Superman 3. Oh, you're right. Is it? Yeah, I guess it acknowledges... Well, yeah, because it's one of those ones where it ignores the other movies except Superman Superman Returns is... Oh, God. (laughs) Superman Returns. I the 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 best five minutes of any Superman movie ever, surrounded by Superman just lifting things and being a mope. He's very boring. He's very mopey in that. It's yeah. it's it's a very that's a movie that is far too reverential of the original movies and has no identity of its own, except when its visual effects allow it to rise above what right. the orig- those other movies had accomplished. That airplane rescue sequence in Superman Returns, I would argue, if you'd put that out as a short film, it's the best Superman thing that's ever been committed to film because it's Superman doing the perfect Superman superheroism, which is like yeah. saving a whole bunch of people. Not not breaking Michael Shannon's neck or whatever, <laughs> or, or, you know, looking really sad and mopey and wearing an all-black suit and not, you know doing weird powers that have just made up out of thin air, like the cellophane logo on his chest. <laughs> it's, it's, it is like Superman at his purest is just, he is someone who is so, he is able to be so heroic in a, in a, in the, the somewhat not in the least edge Lord way possible, which is like, right. I'm going to stop this runaway train. I'm going to save this crashing plane. I'm going to pull people out of a burning building. And I think that's when Superman works best. It's, I, when the the Christopher Reeve ones are working best, it's that kind of stuff. Like, right. No. I, I, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. And we'll we'll get into it all uh, next week. I, I mean, I think you and I 
Um, I think we come uh, at the original Superman movie with a little less reverence than I think most people do. Um, I, I'm fine I, with. I, it. I, I, I think. I, I think Christopher. As a, yeah, right. Of the time it was made, I, I think it's yeah. fine. It's it. It some things in it have not aged well, but I would say like if you're comparing it to anything pre X Men, it's doing about as yeah. well as you can hope. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think I I think that movie has problems as a movie, and I think its first like half is like a masterpiece, and I think its back half is it's got problems. I mean, they had like production problems. It was originally supposed to be two movies, so it's like you know it has that issue. But yes, yeah, so you can talk about you know. the Salkins and their their their, <laughs> their 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 shenanigans they like to play on their actors. Or yeah, you are making one movie. No, it's two, but we pay you for one. <laughs> Surprise! Two movies! <laughs> Four musketeers! <laughs> Something that made Christopher Lee very not happy. <laughs> no. Can you imagine having Christopher Lee mad at you? Peter Jackson yeah. did, too. Because like, yeah. they cut him out of the, of the theatrical cut of Return of the King. <laughs> and you know, I feel bad there because I feel like, and that's the case where Christopher Lee wouldn't be mad, he'd be, like, sad. And, right. that's, yeah. and that's just... That just makes me sad. But Christopher Lee mad at you because you know what it would be like. You'd realize from across the room that he's mad at you because he's been looking at you the whole time. <laughs> and then he's going to walk over very slowly delivering a monologue. He's not yeah, going to ever yeah. raise his voice, but he's just like he's going to he's just going to act at you. <laughs> yes. Yes. And we'll, and we'll and we'll also get to talk about um you know, uh, Marlon Brando, and we'll talk about uh, uh, Gene Hackman. I'm talking about all the actors that are not in Superman 3. Superman 3. And we, well, Super we do get to talk about Richard Pryor anyway. That'll be fun. And, yeah. Uh, it's it's that, it, this was an era where it was like, you know, how do we, we have this hot new comedian. Let's just wedge him into whatever IP we've got. It's like Eddie Murphy, <laughs> they tried to put Eddie Murphy in Star Trek 4. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Uh what a time the 80s were. <laughs> uh, I mean, they were still figuring it out, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, and then they went and made all the same mistakes with Batman and, uh, yep. you know? Yep. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it'll be fun. I, I'm excited because I have not, I have not, I'm reasonably sure I've only seen chunks of this movie and I have not seen it all the way through. I've seen one, two, and four. Yeah, I, uh, like I said, I, I think I, I remember uh, one summer break, I rented all the Superman movies and King Kong lives for some reason. I remember watching them all over a weekend. Um, Is it just your rule that you so. pick a shitty kaiju movie every time you <laughs> rented two other movies? No, I mean, I think it was, I don't know what how I ended up watching King Kong lives, but I, I, I rented it at the same time that I rented all the Superman movies. I don't know why. I, I can't explain these things. It's fine. I mean... We we've talked about King Kong, but he's uh you know he's 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 a he's got his own cinematic journey that he's always on. Yeah, he's doing now his he's own got thing. A, and he's got a power glove and he's fighting some. There's another big monkey and uh, and there's and a baby and, monkey and Godzilla gets an uplift a uh, facelift in this one. Look, I don't, I don't dislike. Know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. They're really. Have you watched all of Monarch? on apple not TV. yet no i'm i'm they're I think really I, uh, they really are like we're we're committing to this hollow earth concept 
well, this is the okay. Hollow Earth universe. And I'm just like, I've seen Godzilla minus one, you guys. I know what can be done with Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like, here's the yeah. thing. Here's the thing. Uh, I will say, I love the idea. And when I guess whenever we end up talking about Godzilla versus... Or no, wait. What is... Does Godzilla vs. Kong count as the third one of those? If we're talking about the third movie in the series, it's Kong Skull Island. But if it's the third Godzilla of that one, it's Godzilla versus Kong. I don't know. We'll figure that. That's a discussion for another day. But I do love the idea of the, the Hollow Earth. I love this idea that King Kong comes from this, like... Conan-esque pulp lineage of, like, monster fighters. I love this idea. I just hate the way that it's been implemented. Well, it's because it's being implemented... Movies. It's being implemented to, like, um, like as a as a way to fill, like, a bad faith plot hole where they're like, how do kaiju get all over the Earth when no one's seeing them? And I'm like... Right. The Earth is really big, you guys. Ocean is very deep. Godzilla swims everywhere. Yeah, it, but so like that's stupid, and it's just it doesn't matter. It's like one of those things where it's like, well, I love this this idea. Let's explore it, and the movie's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't don't worry about it. Move on. I love I love le- legendary Warner Brothers Monster vs. Godzilla because he even in Monarch, every single plot point where he is featured, it appears to be just him trying to take a nap and people waking him <laughs> people up, keep waking him and up. him being really annoyed. <laughs> Yes, and that that's what his new. That's what Godzilla, the the, uh, the new empire looks like. It's like he's just trying to sleep. Let him sleep. He's got to have to deal with this fucking bullshit he's again. He's so big, you guys. Let him rest. <laughs> that is. That was one of the funniest thing. I didn't like the 2014 Godzilla, but I do love at the end when he kills the Muto and he just like chucks its head. Like I'm done. I don't want to yeah, do no. this anymore. The 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 best thing about those movies is just the characterization they've chosen for Godzilla, where he's just so annoyed, annoyed. that he has to. He doesn't want to be wrecking a city. He doesn't want to be here at all. He wants to go back to bed. He's an, he's he's. We've talked about it. He's Mike Ehrman Trout. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. It's just like ah, come on. Uh. Anyway, uh, ga- ga- I was going to say a Muppet Kaiju movie, but they did. They uh, had a giant animal at the end of the Muppet movie. So That's they kind of right. did that. Yeah. I don't know if it would work that way. I, I don't know if that would be. Maybe you could do it, but you'd, it'd have to be one of the really weirder ones. I think it'd you'd be better be... off doing like a Muppet 50s monster movie like them. Yes, 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 yes. Because that's got a yeah. nice ensemble, and you could have giant Muppet ants, you know? That, exactly. That's... And you you have um, Fozzie and... Uh, Fozzie like and Fozzie's and... the old scientist. And would you have Kermit be James Whitmore, or... Um... I think Kermit is James Whitmore, Gonzo is James Arness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Done, done, done and done. It's, 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 it's... <laughs> Well, what can you add to that? The The point is, uh, Muppets Take Manhattan didn't hold our attention, unfortunately, so we wanted to talk about Godzilla and reminisce about them. So, <laughs> Which, uh, if you haven't seen them, is a really good movie, and you should yeah. watch it. Yeah, oh, it's there, great. Bet one of the there were no top sequels t- to that, so we'll not talk about it on this podcast, but them is a good, good movie. <laughs> you didn't see the, the sequel to them, thems? <laughs> With a dollar sign? As yes. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, if you're, uh, I will say, if you're a fan of Aliens, Them is a precursor to Aliens. There's a lot of, uh, yes. you can see a lot of connective tissue between those two. Um, gr- really fun, solid 50s monster movie. Uh, in a genre where there was a lot of, that was the era of the atomic giant bug. And uh, yeah. this is the, probably it's- the best one of those. Because it's like a legitimately good movie, kind of. It's like a legitimately good mystery on top yeah. of it. Really so. good, really good slow burn. Like the first yeah. act is like a really good slow burn. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think the the conclusion we drew here is that if you want to make a movie, the story structure should be solid and tight <laughs> so that it can serve your characters. And if you just shuffle around from the diner to the producer's office, to the diner, to the train station, to the diner again. It's not enough. You have to have no. drive. You have to have a three-act structure. It's, 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 and that's the difference between them and Muppet Christmas Carol and the Muppet movie <laughs> and Muppets Take Manhattan or Jason Takes Manhattan or probably Superman 3. <laughs> we'll figure that out next week. Yes. Until then, Will, good to be back. Always it's a pleasure. Hopefully we work out these weird audio issues we're having today yes well i i always enjoy talking to you sam and i've missed it since uh, i got sick at the end of november oh yeah we just... were just dealt we, we meant to be back sooner but it's just like in addition to our you know lives there was just roadblock after roadblock so it's it's yeah and i was kind of the whole time i was just kind of like there was an element of relief of like oh when we do get back to it all I have to watch is a Muppet movie, and it's not going to be yeah. that hard. It's not like it was not like I was going to. It's like like you didn't pick Resident Evil Apocalypse, and I have to kick no. it down the road, actually. Right. <laughs> but uh, maybe now in this third season of Podcast Part Three, it's my turn to pick the crap, and you have to pick the good movies. Oh, that would be a fun change. I'd Human like Centipede right. final sequence. Oh no! No no. We've said before, that is our nuclear option when we want to end the podcast for good and our friendship as well as one of us picks the third human centipede. And that's that's the end. That's the end of everything. That's yeah. when we're done. But not uh, today. No. Superman 3. Superman 3. And until then, folks, hope you're having a good start to the year and uh, stay warm out there. I know it is, if it's cold in LA, it's really cold everywhere else. So uh, stay warm, be safe, and... Uh, We'll see you next time. Adios. Bye.